Thanks for joining us for the Westbridge Church Podcast. More information about Westbridge Church is available at westbridgedanville.com. Here's this week's message from Pastor John McDougall. All right, so as we come to this uh, specific area of our life, the first of four, we're going to start off with a tough one, and it is our words. You say, yep, I'm hearing you. That, this is going to be a challenge. To live with pure words, that God would purify our words, is hard. Why? Because we speak so many of them. Guys, it's estimated, give or take, we speak about 8,000 words a day. Ladies, it's estimated you all speak about 20,000 words a day. And James, he, he does not sugarcoat it when it comes to our, our word issues. As we pick it up in James chapter 3, verse 5, he says, Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, and it makes great boast. Consider what a great forest is set on, on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body and sets the whole course of one's life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. One word can, can light up your life. And then um, it says, actually, it's like, and that fire is set on by the fire of hell. All the animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. And I always think of the bear in the circus that's riding that tricycle. Like, how do you train a bear to ride a tricycle? How do you even start with that? Like, I'm assuming when it's a baby and lots of treats, but we can tame a bear to ride a tricycle, but listen to what he says. No human being can tame a tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise the Lord like we just did this morning, and with it we curse human beings made in God's, the, made in the, in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water come out of the same spring? To which David says, I'm hearing you, James. And we, uh, we, he verbalizes his struggle with the prayer in Psalm 141.3 where he says, To the Lord, set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Like Put a soldier right at the door of my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. And then we read ahead to David's, as David's son Solomon writes Proverbs, and if you count them, this week it blew me away, over 40 times, the wisest guy to live outside of Christ, Solomon, says, watch out, 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 for what? Your words. In the book of Proverbs, again and again, in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 24, he says, Keep your mouth free from perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. To which we say, okay, it is clear the calling of God is to, to live with pure words. But how do we do that? How, how do we purify our words? And, and what's that look like? And the good news is that God has given us a filter, a real simple filter to install that we're going to look at today. It's found in uh, Ephesians chapter 4. And as you head there, I would just like to, uh, Valentine's Day is just a couple days away, so thinking marriage and thinking we have a lot of married people in here, would like to offer a word of hope. One, this message is going to be a big help for relationship, communication, within, especially within our marriages. But if there were 
if there was one bit of advice in the world, best advice in the world, to help heat up romance, to help your marriage, if you're drifting apart, to, to come back together and experience oneness and intimacy, one bit of advice I would rip out of my Bible, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17, and Ephesians chapter 5. If you take this as husband and wife, and you say, you know what, we're just going to read this, and we're just going to do what it says, it will draw you close to each other and bring intimacy to, to your relationship. It will. Flat out will. You say, well, John, how can you say that with such confidence? Because this is the Word of God. And when I say Word of God, I know that can become a bit kind of white noise in church. The Word of God, we say that a lot. But what am I saying? When God said, let there be light, what happened? Back in Genesis. When God said, let there be light, what happened? There's light. When He said, let there be Day and night, or let there be, you know, a bird. What happened? There's a bird. How was this world created? By the Word of God. How are our souls recreated to be like Christ? We are being recreated. How are we being recreated? There's only one way, and it is the Word of God. So what's that look like? That means we have the written Word of God. The Spirit of God spoke through people, but this is the inspired, the, the breath of God that he says, now, as my creatures who bear my image, if you will take my word, apply it to your life, I will create in you what I, what I said. But you have to trust me. It's by faith. Just do it, though. And, and what happens? You say, and the enemy comes whispering, you're a hopeless cause. You're, you're like, you're, you're messed up. You can't, you can't, you can't. Your marriage, it's over. Irreconcilable differences to which I say, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Not for the child of God. Because we have the word of God. That if we will speak that into our lives, pray that into our lives, apply it into our lives, he will create what he promised, which is oneness. Can I get an amen from some married couple? <laughs> it's how it works. And you say, well, I think I know better. I think I know better. Really? No, we don't, guys. This is, this is the creator talking. And so I hope that just encourages you. It's been lighting me up all week, and there is hope. So here we go into this, this idea. What is, the, uh, what is the filter that God's given us to purify our words? And to lay the template, we'll, we'll be following this template over the next couple weeks, but we'll start in verse 20, where... Uh, Paul's writing to Jesus' followers, and he says specifically about how just life and, and how to follow Christ in our everyday life. And he says this, that, however, is not, how, not the way of life that you learned when you heard about Christ and you were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self. So there's the first part of the template. So we come to Christ. We're going to put off our old self, our old self being that which, which wants our own way, um, our old sinful self. And then he says, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made, made new in the attitude of your not mind. So the second part of the template is there's a renewing of our mind where we take truth, the word of God, and we rethink um, life as we allow it to influence our thinking. And then we put on, and to put on the new self. And this is the hope-giving part of this. 
As we move, all throughout this Purify series, this is the truth that just should fill us with hope. We were created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So becoming more and more like God as we put off, renew our minds, and then put on whatever it is he's called us to, to put off, put on. So with that, we come to, to the uh, section where he, he focuses in on our words in verse 29. And here's the filter. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So here, here's the filter to, to purify our words. So we speak, and eventually this will be, just become part of our thinking, but it's this. Are these words hurtful, hurtful or helpful? Are these words hurtful or are they helpful? Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. The word translated unwholesome carries the idea of it's a word that's tainted with, with something that's impure, something that's not of God, it's not of, um, it, it's corrupt. It, it's the, uh, it may be tainted with, with pride and desire to elevate self. It may be tainted with, with some envy. It may be tainted with some unkindness. It may be tainted with wh- whatever it is that, that's we know it's not of Christ. It's tainted, and it's like that email that's corrupted with a file that if you hit send and it goes to people you love, it's going to mess their, their uh, the computer system up. You know, it's going to corrupt their computer system because it's corrupted. If, if we let a word come out of our mouths that's corrupt, when it hits the ears of somebody else and enters their mental grid, psh, it's going to do damage. Versus, he says, but only what is helpful for for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. So as we speak, our new way of thinking is, okay, as I talk, God has given me these words to build others up, to to be helpful um, in meeting their needs. And what's the number one need we have? What's the number one way we're we're trying to build each other up? And if you read back in Ephesians 4, it's to to become more like Christ, to to, uh, grow in our likeness, to him. And so we're asking, are these words going to help those around me see Christ, be Christ? Or, or are these words going to tear, tear them down? Now, really neat phrase here. The last phrase in this verse, you might circle it. It's the, uh, it's the phrase that it may benefit those who listen. Literally, it's the word, the word benefit is the word grace. And, and this is radical. It, it's so that what I say, what you say, would grace those who listen. Now, what is grace? Undeserved favor or blessing that we put out on people. What's our goal this year? Go bless. How do we do that? Pure heart. As we have pure words, it leads to gracing the people around us. And so now, roll back. How many words a day do we say? We'll say we average 10,000 words a day. 10,000 opportunities to deliver the grace of God to the people who matter most around us. Isn't that awesome? The, uh, so, so rolling on now through this text, we discover three application imperatives that, w- that help us apply this filter. And the first one is, there in verse 30, he says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Really important concept here. The application imperative, don't grieve the Holy Spirit, meaning don't hurt the Holy Spirit. 
when we speak a hurtful word, we hurt the living God who, who indwells us. We grieve Him. As parents, I, I know, or as a kid, you know, there's that time we do, the, we do right things because we don't want to get disciplined, right? We don't want to get in trouble. But there's something that changes when we start doing the right things because we don't want to hurt our mom and dad. That's the greatest of motives, isn't it? And what Paul's doing here is he's reminding us who we are. He's, guys, you've been given the Holy Spirit. He's, he's um, linking back to, to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14 that says, And also, you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So what he's saying here is, remember who we are. We have been sealed with the Holy Spirit, meaning we've been given the Holy Spirit as as a promise that we're redeemed people. And we have so much that's coming. But but when you speak and you grieve the Spirit, allow that moment to stop, stop us to confess our sin to him, to say, and you've probably felt that if you say something that hurts someone and you're a follower of Christ, there's a grieve in your heart. There's a hurt that you feel. And, and so we confess our sin to him, but then we go confess our sin to whoever we hurt. But then what happens to our filter? It gets, it gets stronger. We say, okay, I don't ever want to say that again. Because not only did that hurt that person, but that hurt the God who loves me, who's given me so much. And then uh, the second application imperative flows out of verse 31 where he says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. So that it's, when we, when our felter catches a hurtful word, the gift of that hurtful word is it will lead us back to the source. And here he's saying, track it back to the source and then clean it up, whatever that area of our life is. I love the way he says... Okay, when you catch a, an angry word, that it's, and it's a word that's going to hurt somebody, and you're like, have you ever been talking, and I'll, I'll say, um, I thought of a time, like when I'm debriefing with Tam on life, and I'm just talking, and all of a sudden, out comes this venom towards a person, maybe a person in my past, and it's wrong to say, so shouldn't have said that, but then like, where in the world did that come from? Have you had those moments where it's, a word comes out and you're just like, where did that come from? And you realize there's some bitterness back here towards this person. They hurt, they hurt me, ticked at them, and it's still there. So the gift is you, you follow that word back to the source, and then what's God call us to do? Clean up the bitterness. Get rid of that. Um, whatever that is. But what's neat is how much of that bitterness does he call us to get rid of? See the word there? Get rid of all of it. Just clean it out. All bitterness. And he, he works back through, the, uh, through rage and anger. These are um, the emotion of anger that's not led by the Spirit. Brawling, slander, every form of malice, every form of, of evil that... that and a hurtful word would point us to, to clean that up. And then the third imperative is in verse 32, where he says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as 
Christ, just as in Christ, God forgave you. And so this is the uh, picture. We get rid of some things, but now he says, be kind, be compassionate, be forgiving. What would your relational world look like if every word that you spoke came out dripping with kindness, compassion, and forgiveness? And this is the calling of God. This is how we apply these words. Um, are the filter pretty simple? Are these words hurtful or are they helpful? And then the application grid that we walk through is don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Get rid of these things that the hurtful word leads me to. And then as I speak, let them come from a place of kindness, compassion, and forgiveness. Okay, so there you have the filter. Now it's time to install it. And this is where it gets fun. You guys ready for this? So now we're actually going to stick this thing into our soul and so that we can live it out. Remember back to week one in the purify process, what's the first step in the process? First step is what? It's pray. And what are we to be praying? Pray the book. Pray the book. Pray his word. So there is a verse that God has given us. It's a, a, a prayer that can be a breath prayer is what we call it. One of those prayers that you just, you breathe it like oxygen when you're out at your job, when you're hanging with your family, when you're in that moment where it's going to be hard, you catch a hurtful word, you can pray this prayer. Pray it daily, pray it often throughout the day. This is so good. Join me in Psalm chapter 19, verse 14. We have the filter. Now it's time to install this filter with the prayer, and here it is. Is ready? May these words of my mouth, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. May these words of my mouth and these medit the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Isn't that awesome? So it starts, Lord, may these, these words of my mouth, but it doesn't end there. It's, and the meditation of my heart, that place where the words come from, the source. May pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Purify these words. Isn't that good? And I love what Wes led us to this morning in our worship time when he was talking about being coming out of the miry pit, being placed upon the rock. We didn't talk about this. I think it's just a God thing. But as we pray this prayer in light of our words, when you say Lord, as the prayer calls us to, what are you saying? Anytime you say Lord, you pray Lord, what are you praying? Master, leader. But then what's the next picture as we look to our Lord? My rock. You've lifted me up out of the miry pit where I don't have to speak say words that are going to hurt the people around me. I don't have to say words that are tainted and corrupt and are going to destroy the relationships around me. You put me on a rock, and we say, well, how? How can I do this? And he follows it up with the next word, redeemer. What's a redeemer do? Sets you free. I can hear someone thinking, John, you don't know me. You don't know my words. You don't know my struggle. I've, I've got an issue with words. I can't clean up all my talk. I can't clean all of it up. I might be able to make some progress, but I, I can't clean it all up. And here's the good news, you guys. He says, what, what did God call us to? What's the word of God that he, he desires for us to live out? Just like he said, let there be light. What did he say about your vocabulary? Let 
no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but all Can you live an entire day spitting 10,000 words of grace and not one hurtful word? Can you? Absolutely. But not by your power, but by the power of Jesus Christ, your rock and your redeemer who pulled us up out of the miry pit, set us on the rock, set us on. So, really cool story to, uh, to picture this, and random story out of the Old Testament, but I'll set it up. It was back in the day of the prophets, and Elisha was the prophet, and he comes into this town, and the people show up, and they say, hey, it's uh, 2 Kings chapter uh, 12, yeah, I think it's 12, eyes are going. Can I borrow someone's readers here? <laughs> it's 2 Kings somewhere. And the Lord said, the people of the city um, said to Elisha, look, our Lord, this town is well situated, as you can see, but the water is bad and the land is unproductive. So location, 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 back in that day, same thing, just like Danville. Beautiful town set right on the Park Creek. Problem. The water's bad, therefore the land's unproductive, it's a desert. So Elisha says this, bring me a new bowl and put some salt in it. And so they brought him a bowl and put, now what is salt going to do to purify a spring? Remember James? Um, we'll, we'll reference that in just a moment. The heart, like the spring from which the words come. He says this, then he went out to the spring and he threw the salt into it saying, really important, this is what the Lord says. I have healed this water. Never again will it cause death or make the land unproductive. And the water has remained pure to this day, according to the word Elisha spoke. Isn't that awesome? So he takes this salt, throws it into the spring, and salt purifies water. How do you purify a spring with salt? There's only one way. The little phrase, this is what the Lord says. God said it. So, Elisha, on behalf of the Lord, said, this is what the Lord says. I'm going to heal the water. Throws, heals the water. And don't you love that the spring has remained pure to this day? Go back to, to that picture of, in, that James gives us. Our hearts are the springs from which our words come. Is it possible for your heart to be pure and for your words to come out to be pure to build others up? The answer is yes, only because of the power of the Word of God, spoken and applied by faith. Isn't that awesome? So here's the, the igniting vision to carry with us today. What would the landscape of your life look like if you apply this truth by faith? Lord, I'm going to apply this filter I'm going to pray this prayer. May the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Lord, my rock and my redeemer, where there are places of barrenness and desert in your relationship because you spoke words that hurt people and you're sapping the life out of their soul. Husbands with our wives, you know what you, what we, I know what I say that causes Tam's spirit to just shrivel up like a flower in a desert dry. Dads, as we speak to our kids, you know when, when anger becomes exasperating and we say a word and you just see their spirit deflate. But what if before we say it, we've got the filter on and now we're thinking, Lord, let this word come from a place of purity with love, with um, kindness, with compassion, with forgiveness. And when we say it, 
People are coming alive around us. And I just see the difference between a desert and a beautiful garden, a landscape that's coming alive for the glory of God. Can you see that? And here's the cool deal. We have 10,000 opportunities every day to deliver the grace of God in a way that's going to lift people up. Doesn't that make you just want to wake up on Monday morning? (laughs) 10,000 opportunities to deliver grace, to bless people. Say, well, I can't, I'm going to say the wrong thing. You know what? We'll mess up. We confess. We grieve the Spirit. He corrects us. We respond. But then we get rid of that bitterness, whatever it is that's causing that, and we're out of kindness, compassion, and forgiving. We bless the people around us. Isn't it awesome what God has, has given us as His children? So we were huddled up on a couple weeks ago at an elders' meeting on a Thursday night, cold, dreary winter day, right? Thursday night, we're tired, all getting ready for the meeting, and good to be together, but, but we're all just kind of, it's winter time. When Scott Lane, man of few words, says, out of the blue, wasn't on the agenda, he just goes, I just want to say thanks to Don, and Don wasn't even in the room, but say Don Johnson, Wes, everybody who was a part of our Christmas Eve service, that was awesome. They gave their Christmas Eve. When a lot of people were home doing whatever with whoever, they're here serving us. He went on. Just speaking words of life. And we're all like, <laughs> I talked to some people afterwards like, did that hit you the way it hit me? It felt like a breeze coming right off the Gulf of Mexico. Like when you sit down at the ocean after being through wintertime and you just feel, we're like, yeah, that was awesome. That was a gift. That, that was a, a win for us as a church family. It felt like we provided that for people who may not have a church home. And, and it made you want to just go out and hug a Johnson. It, it made you want to go out and serve the Lord. It, it was just lift. The power of a word. Saturated with the grace of God. To lift. What might this do in your marriage? What might this do for your kids? What might this do in your small group, at your workplace? As we go out today, just praying, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Lord, you're the one leading this, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. All right, well, let's pray and and we'll wrap up. Father, we thank you for your word to us today. Thank you that you've spoken it and that we can apply it to our lives with confidence that when when we apply it, you will create what you you promise to create. And Lord, I just pray that healing and intimacy and oneness would be a a result of, of us taking this truth, applying it to our lives, that many people would be blessed, but ultimately, Lord, you would be glorified, that as we go out into our workplaces and what have you, that that people would see the difference in how we talk and that, that it wouldn't be about us, but that they would see you and what you're doing in our hearts and lives. Thank you for these moments together. We love you and pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.